Dharma Bites is brought to you by Free Buddhist Audio, the Dharma for real life. Our work is funded entirely by donations from our generous listeners. If you would like to help us keep this free, come and join us at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. Thank you and happy listening. Now we've not very much time left. We've in fact gone considerably over time already. So let's come at once to the third and the last part of our lecture. And this is concerned with misunderstandings and difficulties. And I won't detain you here uh, very long. Some of these misunderstandings, at least, have no doubt already been cleared up. Karma is not fate, it's not destiny. Karma is one's own deliberately willed action. It's also the results of that deliberately willed action as well as the law by virtue of which the one follows upon the other. In the same way, karma is not conditionality, it's not the law of cause and effect in general. This is what the teaching of the five niyamas made clear. Karma is just one kind of conditionality, albeit a very important one among others. So it's therefore wrong to say that whatever happens is the result of karma. Some people imagine that if they say when something happens, oh, well, that must be my karma, then they're being very pious and very Buddhist. But this is not, in fact, the Buddhist teaching. The Buddhist teaching is that whatever happens, happens as a result of conditions. But not all those conditions are karma. There are many other conditions that work in the universe. Karma is only one among five. Eh? So it is not the Buddhist version, not the Buddhist teaching, that whatever happens, happens as a result of karma. It may be the result of karma, or it may not. How we find out is another question altogether. Hmm? Now, there are various other misunderstandings and difficulties. I'm going to mention only two of them. Uh, Others may arise in your minds, and if we have time, there'll be a few minutes after the lecture uh, during which people can ask uh, questions. Uh, The first of these two concerns the relationship between rebirth and the anatma teaching. I'm going to deal with it in the body of the lecture because it always comes up. People say, Buddhism teaches that there is no self. Buddhism teaches that there is no soul. This is the famous anatma teaching. Well, if there's no soul, how is there rebirth? If there's no soul which passes from one life, one body to another, how does rebirth take place? So they say, either you've got to sacrifice the anatma doctrine or sacrifice the teaching of rebirth in Buddhism. You can't have both. But this whole misunderstanding is an artificial one. It's an artificial difficulty. Anatma does not mean no soul, no psychic life. It means no unchanging soul, no unchanging self. It means that there is a substratum of mental activity that flows, as it were, from life to life and is linked now with this body and now with that. And it's this linking of a fresh body Uh, with this stream, as it were, of mental activity flowing on from one life to another, which constitutes what we call rebirth. eh? So there's no contradiction. You can have anatma, that is to say, no unchanging soul or self, and you can also have rebirth side by side together. hmm? The second question is, does one have to be, or does one have to believe in karma and rebirth in order to be a Buddhist? eh? Uh, I was asked this question very shortly after I arrived in England for my first visit after 20 years, some six years ago. 
does one have to believe in karma and rebirth before one can be a Buddha, hmm? before one can be a Buddhist? Eh? And on that occasion I answered, no, one doesn't have to believe, but on one condition. Hmm? And the person asking the question was very interested to know what the condition was. So I said, well, you need not believe in karma and rebirth, provided you are willing to go all out for enlightenment in this life itself. Hmm? And he was very happy with this reply, very satisfied with this reply. But I think that more can be said on the subject than that. The teaching of karma and rebirth provides an answer, perhaps the answer, to certain questions. It helps solve the mystery of death, helps solve the mystery of human life. And very few people are able to follow the path to enlightenment without bothering at least sometimes, about such questions. Hmm? A few people can no doubt go ahead, practice meditation and all that, without asking philosophical questions, without wanting to know whether there is a life after death. But the majority requires some sort of answer. They really want to know. It's only within the framework of this sort of knowledge that they can practice at all. There must be some minimum intellectual comprehension, some minimal uh, intellectual understanding, some general philosophical framework, however rudimentary, however sketchy, within which they can operate and act and progress and follow the path. So, karma and rebirth, or the teaching of karma and rebirth, gives, in part at least, this sort of understanding, this sort of framework, this sort of context. And the question which arises is, if we don't accept this one, then we just have to find some other solution. And I don't think that is very easy. I personally believe that the teaching of karma and rebirth is the most satisfactory answer or solution to many of the questions raised by the fact of death and by the nature of human life and human existence. It's not only true, but it gives meaning and purpose to life. It makes it clear that man is, as it were, a pilgrim through the worlds, a pilgrim through successive lives, and that by changing his consciousness, something which is very much within his own power, according to Buddhism, he can determine his own destiny, not only in this life, but in future lives as well. And this means that no real effort is ever wasted. The good is conserved from life to life. There's no question of reward. There's no question of punishment. By performing a consciously willed action, we modify our own consciousness here and now and for the future. And that surely is reward or punishment enough. I would say personally that the teaching of karma and rebirth is an integral part of Buddhism and that for the majority of people it would be difficult to be Buddhist without accepting this teaching of karma and rebirth at least in principle. This does not say, or this is not to say that the teaching of karma and rebirth makes everything crystal clear, that it answers all conceivable questions or clears up all possible difficulties. Again, I personally feel that the teaching, the traditional teaching of karma and rebirth requires a thorough reformulation. Now I think this reformulation should give consideration 
to various matters that have not been considered, apparently, in the East. For instance, there's the whole question of the relation between karma and rebirth on the one hand and time on the other. Then there's the relation of karma and rebirth to the whole question of the nature of consciousness, especially individual consciousness. After all, karma and rebirth operate within time. So what is time? Karma and rebirth pertain to the individual consciousness. What is their individual consciousness? And then again there's that rather knotty question of population explosion. Where have all the people come from? Uh, Is there a sort of fission of souls? Is there a sort of gamation of souls? Uh, have they come from other planets, other stars? Some Buddhists in the East tell us very loftily, well, of course, they've come from other planets. Everybody knows that sort of thing. But do we know it? Or is that the only solution possible? This is another question, another difficulty that has to be considered. So these and similar questions will have to be given, as I've said, full consideration in this new formulation of the traditional Buddhist teaching of karma and rebirth. And this reformulation will be the work, perhaps, one of the works of Western Buddhism. And if this can be done, if this great teaching for so long an integral part of Buddhism can be given this sort of reformulation that takes into account modern knowledge, that takes into account philosophical problems which have been raised in the West, which takes into account also really genuine practical difficulties, If such a formulation or reformulation can be achieved, then I'm sure, I'm confident, that the true nature of the teaching of karma and rebirth will stand out more clearly even than ever before. And then we shall be able to say, really and truly, that death will no longer be a mystery, that life itself will no longer be a mystery, and that with the help of, within the context of, this teaching of karma and rebirth, man will advance with greater certainty than ever towards his ultimate goal. We hope you enjoyed the talk. Please come and help us keep this free at freebuddhistaudio.com forward slash community. And thank you.